What do you think about when you hear the word banjo? Do you think of a six-string banjo played by Johnny St. Cyr and Louis Armstrong's Hot Five and Hot Sevens recordings? Or perhaps a four-string banjo played in stage productions of Hello Dolly or Monty Python's Spamalot? Or does a five-string version from Deliverance or Oh Brother Where Art Thou come to mind first? Did the development of the modern banjo happen in the American South or elsewhere? Does it fit only in old-time or bluegrass music settings? Is it always played loud and fast? The answers may surprise you. Although it is fairly common knowledge that the banjo originated in West Africa, it may come as a surprise that the banjo evolved from its original versions made out of gourds and animal skins into its five-string descendants not in the South but in places like Boston, New York, and Philadelphia. It may also be news that in America, the banjo was more popular than the guitar for three-quarters of a century, and that classically trained banjo players once filled concert halls in the States and in Europe. Once you know that banjos originated in Africa before reaching these shores, it should come as no surprise that the first people to play it here were enslaved blacks. Why then has the banjo been played almost exclusively by whites for more than a century? The answer to that and more is coming up in our episode on Trey Wellington, a young artist from North Carolina whose new album Black Banjo takes the instrument into a musical territory that borders bluegrass, old time, and jazz, while never staying so long in any one place that things get predictable. With his mix of original compositions and a few choice covers, including the Roy Hargrove composition you're hearing now, Strasbourg slash St. Denis, Trey continues to build on the momentum he built up in his former band Cane Mill Road, and he is our guest here on Southern Songs and Stories. I try to look at my music as like, yeah, even though, yeah, it is challenging, I try to look at it as, um, I also try to make it digestible for people by adding in these quotable melodies to things. Like with everything I write, I try to add in some kind of melody line that people can walk away with. Like, um... Even on the stuff, you know, that's like pretty movement and has like a lot of notes, you know, I try to keep these little things in there as I'm writing to really um, bring out like some kind of melody sense. Well, he, he's, he's really uh, creative. Um, that's the thing. I mean, he, he seems to be coming up with um, different patterns and roles that other people haven't thought of yet. And he's not afraid to, um, to write interesting melodies, uh, you know, that are, are not normally heard in, in, in the bluegrass lexicon. Um, so, so he's really pushing boundaries, and, and um, he's, he's probably going to be quickly known as one of the better progressive players on the scene um, as he keeps writing and, and growing. I think Trey's a phenomenal banjo player. He also probably has the same mindset of, you know, our conversation. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, there's all this other stuff that influences me. How do I, how do I grab that, bring it into the context of the five-string banjo? And, um, you know, it's not like um, he's the first or Town Mountain's the first to do that. It's always happening. It's just now we're the ones that are doing that you know before it was you know whoever there's plenty of people to, to you know name but uh yeah i i really do appreciate trey's banjo playing i think he's 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 got a good good head on his shoulders musically and uh, yeah I, I i think he's got a bright future ahead of him that was jesse langley who plays banjo in town mountain preceded by brian swink also a banjo player in the band big daddy love talking about our guest, Trey Wellington, who you heard at the top. 
I spoke with all three at the Boonerang Music and Arts Festival in June of 2022, held in Boone, North Carolina, near where both Brian and Trey grew up in Ash County, North Carolina. Ash County is a place where a lot of old-time music jams happen, and coming up, Trey talks about how he cut his teeth playing at those gatherings as well as other banjo players he looks up to, plus his love of making rap beats on the side. I'm your host, Joe Kendrick, that and more on this episode of Southern Songs and Stories. Southern Songs and Stories is part of the podcast lineup of both Public Radio WNCW and Osiris Media. Osiris creates music podcasts and events to help music fans deepen their connection to the music they love with all of their shows at OsirisPod.com. Osiris works in partnership with Jambase, which connects music fans to the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. Capsule versions of Southern Songs and Stories are produced for broadcast on WNCW by me, Corey Askew. More information about this and other podcasts from Grassroots Radio, WNCW at WNCW.org. So what's a day in the life of Trey Wellington nowadays? You full-time in music? Uh, Yeah, for the most part. I work with a company in um, Raleigh, North Carolina called Pinecomb as a communications manager and then um but yeah i still do a lot a lot of music still (laughs) a whole lot of music good good so let's talk about the songs on your record and how you put it together how you write in the process of recording because that's that's a big deal putting your own record out yeah so i put out my first um ep uncaged thoughts at the very beginning of the pandemic in 2020 and um that one was like I just you know left Camo Road like I was talking about, and really wanted to um, kind of capture some of my original tunes that I'd kind of been writing for a while, but ne- never really had the chance to showcase yet. And so um, I was just like taking all the influences on the music I was listening to at the time and trying to write originals based on a lot of that, just so I could get an idea. And that was really like my first time really getting. Um, used to writing things as a musician and writing my own compositions. Um, like the one I wrote on there, Give Us Moon, that's still one of my favorite ones I've ever written. And then um, with the new CD, it was really cool because after you know getting a little bit of experience with writing my own music and arranging my own music, I finally got to um, really, really explore exactly the ideas I wanted to get.
where do your ideas come from? It's kind of all kinds of things. A lot of it's inspirations, like of music I'm listening to at the time. Um, I, a, lot, a lot of what's going on around me in the world, like is something that's very big to me in writing. I try to always um, write off of experiences and things that I kind of see that might be um, either inspiring to me or bring me some kind of emotion. That way I can like write a tune that captures that. Do you start with... Uh, melody or, or is it, you know where where does it come from do you get an overall picture do you start with pieces and parts um really a lot of the time like so if I'm feeling something like you know like happy or like sad I'll usually kind of start trying to find those sounds on the banjo um, and then when I find those sounds then um, I'll kind of start playing with different ideas and trying to um, craft some kind of like beginning chord just so I can get like an idea in my head about, okay, what is this I'm hearing? And then usually when I hit that chord, I'll start hearing things to like play over that chord. And um, yeah, kind of go from there and um, keep that process going of trying to hear these things in my head and just translate them to the banjo and the best way to um, articulate those different things. Other banjo players that you look up to who do you like? Do you emulate anybody in particular? Do you is anybody your sort of your north star? I mean, I definitely have heroes. I don't try to sound like anybody because I think that's a um, useless task. Because I think sounding like nobody can ever sound like another musician. Um, no matter what, it's not even just on banjo. It's like no matter what, like people can try all day to sound like somebody else, but people are so individual that you can't do that. And so for me, um, you know, banjo players I look up to, you know, like Babel Fleck, obviously, big inspiration. Um, you know, when I was first starting, Earl Scruggs, J.D. Crow, Ralph Stanley, a lot of the traditional style players. And then um, people like Scott Vessel and um, Noam Pacalny, uh Jens Kruger, they're all really great musicians that I look up to and have learned a lot from. But, yeah, I don't try to sound like any of them, though. For most of the 20th century and into the 21st, most great banjo players were white. The banjo was played by a few notable black artists here and there before that, like Gus Cannon, Odell Thompson, Aljamay Hinton, and Dink Roberts. Finally, in the early 2000s, we saw a resurgence in black banjo playing with revivalists Carolina Chocolate Drops, with founding members Rhiannon Giddens and Dom Flemons, as well as former member Hubby Jenkins, continuing to celebrate their heritage in part by prominently featuring the banjo in their following solo careers. Blues artist Otis Taylor plays banjo a good bit as well, especially on his album Recapturing the Banjo. The reason why it has taken so long for black artists to embrace the instrument traces back to when they abandoned it, during the 19th century heyday of minstrel shows. White artists in blackface, and even black artists who had to wear it to make themselves appear to have darker skin, became so popular that they essentially cut off any avenues for black artists who might have had success with the instrument. While white artists could play banjo in minstrel shows and in classical settings, black artists largely were not to be found. They had no inroads to the classical world, and for obvious reasons, their view of minstrel shows was pretty dim. Black banjo players could be found later on in the early jazz era, but the instrument fell out of favor in that genre by the time the swing era took hold in the 1930s. Finally, the better part of a century later, new black artists like Jake Blunt and Trey Wellington are joining older contemporaries like Rhiannon Giddens in their embrace of the instrument. 
Here's a bit of Trey's cover of the John Coltrane classic Naima, another standout from his Black Banjo collection. Coming up, you will hear Trey Wellington explain how old-time music is foundational to his sound as well. elements of Southern culture or what sort of uh, can you hear or recognize in your music that you're reflecting? I think being in an area where I was around like a bunch of um, like for instance like I have a few like I guess like more like old time sounding things on this new record and I think like you know a lot of that is like when I was first starting to play music and I would go to jams in Ash County you know there's a lot of bluegrass musicians but there's not any bluegrass jams so a lot of the time I was going to more old-time jams and you know playing three-finger style so I was learning a lot of old-time music like starting out pretty early on um, in my playing development and I think a um, really big part of that was um, just being around like me a big part of like me taking these old-time elements was just me being around that kind of music yeah, there's there's a, a distinction between old time and bluegrass. Yeah, and it's it's really neat to to dig in and witness the similarities and the differences between the two styles, between the two cultures. Yeah, because they come from very different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, old time is more the tradition where you sat around and entertained yourselves, and then bluegrass was made for the stage. Yeah, yeah, it's um. I think it can go both ways. Like, I definitely think old time right now is getting a little bit of a comeback as far as in mainstream culture a little bit more. You know, you hear a lot more bands kind of putting in um, old time influences on a lot of songs, and these are pretty successful bands, so I think that's really awesome. Um, I think it's all about the crowds you play to, too. You know, it's like a lot of time um, old time music was just looked at as dance music, but I think it's just all about how you um, promote yourself in that regard and how, like, what you want your goal to be. Mm. And it's, it's neat to watch the progression over the years and, and basically centuries now of the two styles of music where old time in the first sense maybe actually discouraged writing original music mm-hmm. because it was all the old canon of songs. These are the best songs. You can't improve on them. So you just do your variation of that song. And then bluegrass came along and they were basically bridging all of these styles together and writing yeah. original music. But now, um, in some ways, going back to that earlier point about putting walls around uh, a style of music and saying it's only this, in, yeah. in some ways, bluegrass has followed that. Uh, not entirely, but it's there in places. Yeah, bluegrass is definitely the worst music or one of the worst musics of uh, for doing that. Um, trying to 
there's like this sense, um, you know, there was like a big progression, but it seems like in the past 10 years, just based on like the history I've looked into, it seems like a lot of people are really big into like getting this one sound. And there's a lot, I'm noticing like there's more and more or less individuality in people. There's more like just a big trend I see in bluegrass now is like trying to transcribe people, trying to sound exactly like people, people trying to become copies of people um, because they see it's doing well instead of just doing what they feel led to do musically. And I think that that thinking is not going to bring in new fans. No, it's like, you know, people who are doing really well, you know, like Billy Strings. Billy Strings is pushing the fold of what bluegrass music can be. You know, yeah, he does do some, like, pretty straight-up traditional bluegrass, but he also has, you know, he's doing songs with Post Malone. You know what I mean? It's like he's really, and other people, and so he's really pushing the fold in that way. And it's showing, and people are being attentive, and he's got a mainstream audience. He was the 17th most sold, um, sold the most tickets in 2021. So, I mean, I think that speaks for itself. He's right below J. Cole in the Lollapalooza lineup, you know what I mean? The styles that Trey Wellington plays range across jazz, old-time, bluegrass, and the progressive acoustic music often referred to as newgrass, sometimes within the same song. Take, for example, this song, Half Past Four, from Trey's album Black Banjo, which has the feel of old time, but with a very fresh approach. What's something that people don't know about Trey Wellington that they, they might find surprising? I really like producing rap beats. I love that. That's one of my favorite things to do. That's what I spend a lot of time on when I'm at the house. I um, make rap beats in my home studio. Who picks up on your rap beats? Uh, nobody yet. I haven't gave them to anybody yet, but um, I've been making them since um, the beginning of the pandemic. I really got into it then and have been building my recording collection and trying to build up my equipment and everything. And now i got a pretty good setup, and I've just been um, producing beats. <laughs> this is a fascinating topic to me, especially recently. I've been picking up on the fact that rap and hip-hop is foundational. It's a roots music at this point, mm-hmm. and generations of people have come up on rap and hip hop Mm -hmm. and it's finding its way into acoustic settings like with banjo with with Mm -hmm. all of these formerly old time kind of straight up Mm -hmm. situations so i i I think that 
it's becoming more and more acceptable to an audience that used to basically run a, a gate around that type of music and say nothing outside of these lines is acceptable. Mm -hmm. But I see that changing. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of bands now trying to bridge that gap a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing because if you look at music as a whole, like bluegrass, old time, and like country music kind of things, folk musics are um, a lot of times, you know, there's not much spoken word in them like there is in rap, which is such a, it's kind of a strange topic because, you know, in every other form of music, there's some form of spoken word except for like roots music traditions, a lot of them. Mm. Yeah, with some exceptions, like I think you know the Hank Williams model of being able to introduce songs and and things like that. Yeah, maybe the exception uh, to that. But you're right. Very interesting. But now you do uh, a lot of instrumental songs. So I mean, do we hear any of that uh, in in your music? Is there? I mean, is it any of that overt? Like the like rap, hip hop kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I'm working on it okay. and it'll be coming very, very soon is what I'm going to say on that for now. <laughs> Cause the, there's one example I can think of like gangsta grass yeah. and they are really, really locking it in with both worlds yeah. side by side. I think the biggest thing for me is I love gangsta grass. First of all, I want to say that, um, I think something that like a lot of people are missing when they're doing these um kind of crossovers is they're trying to put rap over the bluegrass stylings when i think it would be really cool and something really interesting something i'm working on is try to make the hip-hop kind of sound in bluegrass music because like and make it though like try to take some of these rhythms from hip-hop and apply them to bluegrass versus vice versa, trying to apply these raps to bluegrass kind of rhythms. I think it would be cool to go the other way around. And no, not nobody that I know has really tried that yet. I was just in the wrong place, a mind of my own. It's hard to tell when the bottle's what you rely on. Leaving you with Wasted Time by Trey Wellington from Black Banjo, with Tim O'Brien on vocals, John Stickley on guitar, Avery Merritt on fiddle, Kevin Kerberg on bass, and Wayne Benson on mandolin. That's our show. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it when you spread the word about this series, and it is easy to follow us on your podcast platform of choice, where it will only take a minute to give us a good rating, and where it is an option, a review. This series is a part of the lineup of both Public Radio, WNCW, and Osiris Media, with all the Osiris shows available at osirispod.com. You can also hear new episodes on Bluegrass Planet Radio at bluegrassplanetradio.com. Thanks to Corey Askew for producing the radio adaptations of this series on Public Radio WNCW, where we worked with Joshua Ming, who wrote and performed our theme songs. I'm your host and producer, Joe Kendrick, and this is Southern Songs and Stories, the music of the South 
and the artists who make it. Together, that's the least that I